your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Welcome back to another episode of Study Buddies, the podcast where we bring you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes some other things. And today is definitely a very, very sexy day with some other things on the menu. Some other things. My name is Paula Sanchez Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. And today we're talking about Let's Get It On. Let's get it on. I want to sex you up. Sexy, can I just part of my madness? Girl, how you shake it, gotta play it like, ooh, it's a cold moment. Let me go and get my camera. All I want to do is say, say, can I? Sexual healing. Sexual healing is something that's good for me. Yeah. Okay, now that we've given you an appropriate musical interlude, this week... We're talking about the study we talked about last. I don't know. I just, I just like. Can you guys guess what the theme of the day is? Can you? Can you guess it? Can you guess it? I think they got it. I think they got it. Also, like they probably listened to the study last week and they're like, "Okay, guys, like we got it. Like you know all these songs about sex, but like talk about it." But anyway, Paula, <laughs> would you do us a favor and kind of give us a quick summary of the study we talked about last week? Yes, absolutely. This week, we are talking about the study that we did last week, and that study was entitled Explaining the Decline in Young Adult Sexual Activity in the United States. And it was published in 2021, this very year, in the Journal of Marriage and Family Therapy. And so... As we always say, if you want to hear more about this study than we're going to give you right now, go back and listen to last week's episode. We go all the way in, no pun intended, on this study. We break it down. We give it to you for real. But today, we're just going to give you those little findings at the end that we want to chat about. So, I'll let you know that the primary variables that they were looking into that was like tied to this decline of sexual activity that were statistically significant were one, the decline in formation of romantic relationships affected that decline in sexual activity. Two, decrease in alcohol consumption affected the decline in sexual activity. Less Three. drank, less stank. Ooh. I'm sorry. Ooh. We got a poet. We got a poet today. Oh, I'm a, I apologize to all of you. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll move on for you. Three, we had an increase in computer games, which was tied to the decline of sexual activity. And four, the decline in earnings, that money, money going away, that was also tied to the decline in sexual activity. Less cash, less, well, you get it. We want to keep this non-explicit, <laughs> so we're not going to say the word, but I think you guys get it. So um, so if you want to hear more about that variables that had impacted the sexual activity of young adults, then please check out last week's episode. We would love to hear feedback, comments, questions, thoughts, 
reviews, sexual experiences. Actually, just kidding. Please don't tell us that. But if you do... I mean, if you really, really want to, like, you can tell us. It's just, like, may not be the right people to tell. Yeah, but we will read them. Yeah, we'll read them. We'll keep them to ourselves, but we'll read them. So anyway, let's move on to our next segment. Just want to preface this <laughs> real quick. Um, you know, we're talking about the sexy time, and we're going to keep it as PG as possible. But if you have little ones... And you don't want them to hear about this. Let me just switch it to like a different episode today. That's all. Just wanted to throw that out there. Just because, I mean, some people don't want to even know that sex exists yet. So, Like me. Right. So right, right. grown adults. And that's yeah. why it's not happening. That was an additional part of the decline that we didn't talk about. Kidding. Okay. So moving <laughs> on to our next segment, uh, which is the, the data data. And this is a segment where we talk about how the data may influence our day to day on a personal level. Oh, yeah. And I mean, guys, we're not going to tell you all about our sex lives because like there's some things that just don't exist. But um, or if they do exist, you definitely don't need to hear the nitty gritty of those today. Right, 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 right. right. But I do think it is important to think about some of just these trends and at least how I think they may relate to our lives or our our Mm -hmm. outlook on things and I really thought it was interesting to hear about because I actually would have thought that people across time were having more sex, like just the general trend that the study highlighted and looked for reasons why, like, Mm -hmm. especially based on like social media and what I see on my feed all the time, Um, you know, a lot of like bikini pics and influencing and like connecting with people and just the rise in like dating apps and all sorts of ways to connect, like. Yeah. In the yeah. visuals of all that, I I would have thought that sexy time would have increased. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really interesting because I also feel like there's like, I don't know, with like podcasts and like so many mediums to hear other people's stories and like the rise of the new wave of feminism that we have where like women are sexually empowered. Like I feel like there's so much sex talk around me all the time and I feel like I talk about sex with my friends very often and it it is interesting to know that like we can talk about it but like it doesn't mean we're always having it yeah and it's like we're more open about it and it's less taboo and I wonder if sex Mm. maybe like being less taboo makes us have less of it it doesn't really make sense to me um so i think like, i'm really grateful for this study to really point to some variables for the decline because yeah. i really would have thought it was going the opposite direction or at least staying the same so it's fascinating to find out why yeah i mean i like the i i don't know how personally i can speak to all of these things just because like i only know my own experience and i don't know i don't like quite know my previous life like not my previous life but like my parents or whatever like I'm not you know we don't we don't necessarily talk about you know how often we're doing the dirty um but I I think like for me the economics like disparity being a factor in like less sexual intercourse is really interesting because I I feel like a lot of people would be like, oh, like, well, you know, you're not making that much money. So, like, you're probably not working that much. So you have plenty of time to do other things. But, like, maybe people are just working so much and just are just tired. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's understandable. (laughs) 
<clears throat> it's also like sex is, you know, one of the few things that is very free and very enjoyable. Like it is one of yeah. life's yeah. great greatest joys that does not cost any money. Uh, there's that right. and sunsets. And that's pretty much... I don't know. I can't, I can't think of any other free, like truly free things that come that bring great joy. Birds, like I don't know. Yes, birds, birds for sure. Sex, birds, and sunsets. Like, <laughs> if you guys have anything to add to that list, like please let us know. Because I would put ice cream on there, but that's the price of ice cream has inflated across the years. Ice cream trucks are like two dollars. Yeah, it's definitely not free. Definitely not free at all. So anyway, so anyway, I mean, like we can talk about our speculation as to, you know, why things are declining and not increasing. But just thinking about, like, our lives right now and my friends being in relationships or not in relationships, like, I'm sure that COVID-19 and this whole pandemic and quarantining has tanked Mm. the sexy time numbers for single people. Oh, Oh. like, yeah. Myself. And like at the same time also might have increased it for those in relationships, you know, like you, Pella. Oh no, it has changed absolutely nothing. I never have sex ever. <laughs> okay. I'm a completely sexless person. Right, definitely. That's true. So Very sex negative. Absolutely no sex. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. So maybe for other people, <laughs> uh, it might. Yes, have... definitely. I feel like other people are having lots and lots of relationship sex because they're yeah, stuck inside together and they're home all the time. What else are you gonna do? Like, I, there might be that quarantine baby boom, but then for those of us yeah. who are single, you know, that involves dating and involves like more interactions with people, which could be you know risky for a co- from a COVID nineteen. Literally dangerous. Like literally dangerous to to you and everyone around you. <laughs> Yes. But a side note to that, uh, even for singles, vibrator sales went up. This was actually something that I was thinking about when... This was their time. When we talk about the formation of, like, romantic relationships, like, declining and that also affecting the decline in sexual activity, I was thinking about how, honestly... I, I would be so curious to see, like, how masturbation has and, like, self-pleasure has changed over the course of, like, the past 10 years. Because, like, if you're taking care of that need yourself, like, then you don't need to go out and have casual sex. Like, well, maybe. Like, maybe. There's a, a human there's, it's intimacy different. component. It's right. definitely different. But I, I see it's your point. It's different, but it can get you through a quarantine. Like, there's, you know, periods of time where, like self-pleasure may be better than like investing your time in another person and putting yourself in like a position that maybe you don't want to be put in and I think with like the amount of learning and like perhaps the amount that we're talking about sex decreases the shame that we have about like pleasure and allows for more self-pleasure and less like I don't know shared pleasure it's just interesting to think about it's one less barrier to that yeah Yeah. like not removing that shame which I think is you know slowly coming down across time as people become more sex positive and open with exploring their own bodies Mm -hmm. and it and it's it it's like a pulling it down a barrier for that when there's still still variables of risk for relationships like as a woman you're putting yourself at risk for a lot of things attempting to date people but either way um, anyone who's engaging in sex with someone else is putting themselves at risk for pregnancy or STDs or Mm -hmm. um, also there could be an emotional risk depending on you know 
where you're at and so I think who and how you're engaging yeah yeah so I think um there's a lot of pieces to consider yeah I mean with that said I think you know clearly we're not talking about our own sex lives a lot so it might be a good time to move into our macaroni our macaroni and cheese segment and this is the segment where we connect the study's findings to the larger picture of life yes so i mean in thinking about how things impact the bigger picture i mean the first thing i talk i thought about was casual dating and relationships you know like and non-commitment and wondering mm-hmm. how those like there's this like known difference in how we engage in relationships nowadays and you'll hear old people be like I don't understand you young people you're either dating or you're not and all of us are like well no there's levels and yeah um I do wonder how yeah. having those different levels um it like affects our dating lives yeah. and sexual like having the different levels paired with like a decline in sexual activity is interesting because I think that part of like what in some people may tie you to another person emotionally is sex and and if you're not doing that as much like is that part of the reason why there is like also been a general decline in marriage um at like an earlier age it's just interesting to think about yeah and I think sex is like an inherently vulnerable and intimate thing right yeah like there's you're you're really putting yourself out there you're really connecting with someone and Mm -hmm. so to be having sex with someone where you're feeling like there isn't that commitment and you're trying to get to a certain level it I feel like could because there's not as much of like a safety in we are dating or we are connected it could lead to Mm. maybe like more frequent sort of breakups or changes in partners or like less feeling stable in that which I think would affect like the instances of sexual encounters yeah that's a really that's really really true and like with the increase in um in like people moving further away from home taking longer to build connections using dating apps the internet to meet people isn't always like the best place to build intimate bonds like you can but you have to be committed to doing that and if you're just trying to meet somebody casually over the internet you may not be as invested in them and stick around to get to the fun bedtime stuff so it's really really interesting to think about how commitment does play a factor in in that right and even thinking about commitment like wondering because these numbers measured like overall how many times in the last four months have you had sexual intercourse like it's just a very blanket question but there there might be someone who is single who only had sex three different times with like three different people so maybe they put three on that Um, and there's a lot more that goes into having sex like a lot more energy risk a lot more just you know personal time that has to go into each of those sexual encounters versus being in a relationship you could you could bang that out in one night like or I don't know if that would count but right yeah no that's an interesting 
the response. You could literally bang it out in one night. (laughs) There they come. They're the sex puns. But yeah, so so I think it just like wondering as you're looking at the data or looking at our trends, like the instances of like casual encounters or one night stands versus like being in a more monogamous relationship, what those what those sexual um, instances look like. Another thing that um, was a little bit concerning, honestly, was like the increase in computer games being statistically significantly related to the decline in sexual activity. And like particularly for casual sex and men in that second study. Right. And it made me think of incels. Like, are you are you familiar with that term, Taylor? Uh, I feel like I've heard this, but I don't remember what it is. Can you remind me? Yeah, it's an involuntary celibate. And it's typically men that are celibate, but it's because they haven't found somebody that would like to have sex with them. Um, It's started out as an online group of men and it's turned into like an incredibly misogynistic place where men basically just talk about how terrible women are because they don't want to sleep with them and um it's like it's a very dangerous movement and like people from this particular group that was born online it was born on the internet um and now like they all have a place to like kind of be lonely and like hate women together that's very toxic Um, and scary well, yes, like women have died because of this group. Like there have been um, deaths um, at the hands of some of these incels. So it's just like it's really interesting to see how like computer gaming and like that tie with men like leads to the decrease or can lead to the decrease in sexual activity. And like, well, I don't know. It makes me wonder like what starts where is it's just very, very interesting. I'm not saying that like all men that game are incels. Like that's not true. Like my partner plays a thousand games every right. single week. Definitely not true. But, like, yeah. But it, they're not yeah, causal it, things that are directly related. Yeah. It's just interesting to note. And I, I, I wonder what I wonder what that relationship is like I am so curious about it Mm. yeah no that's really interesting to think about and like internet culture as a whole I don't know it's interesting like part of me was like oh are women choosing to have sex with men less and men are choosing to like get their dopamine hits elsewhere like on the internet and gaming because you know like women are becoming more empowered to say no when they don't want to have sex like that was like something that also went through my mind like there's a ton of speculation here but like it's just interesting to think about yeah. when they were there were there was the so the study had also mentioned at one point about like the decline in marriage and mm-hmm. uh, how other research had showed that um the decline in marriage is related to like women's financial independence and stability and also, like, there being less marriageable men. And I was so fascinated mm. by this, like, other research that I went to look up what that means. Because I was like, well, how could there be less marriageable men? Marriageable what is men, that? yeah. What does that mean? And a lot of it has to do with, um, like, incarcer- rates of incarceration um, and oh, rates of early oh, deaths. So sad. Yes, of, of young men. And particularly if you think of young men of color. Yeah. There's less availability. And so I think that would affect not only rates of marriage, but also rates of relationships and rates of sexual activity as well. Because if you have, you know, a decrease in the male population that's available to be married, the marriageable men section, 
then you also have lower dating, lower number of dating pool that you have to pull from men. And within that dating pool, then like how many men are men that you would want to have a sexual relationship or want to have a relationship with? So, you know, I think some of these things are contributing to this decline. It also makes me think of too, um, like in that, because you said, um, like less marriageable men and I was like oh yeah I can think of plenty and like the reason I say that is not like not that men are like these unmarriageable men are terrible people but like I don't I feel like our women are being raised in a different way now like empowered and and like as human beings should be raised to be free empowered smart feeling thinking people and men are still being raised to not be like fully feeling people and how there's so there's like systemic issues in how we're raising women differently than men as well as how we're policing them yeah um and i think it makes you make a good point Mm -hmm. that like the differences in the system maybe account for that yeah like the the ideal that women see as marriageable are is not the ideal that we're raising our men to be now because it's just not like it's just not in line yet um so I think that maybe that could also play a part in in the choices to have sex and obviously we're talking like in a very heterosexual perspective but um it is it's you know, that's the that was the majority of the data was that a very heterosexual perspective and a very general perspective, because it's not to say right. that all men are are falling into the system and that all women yeah. are not being um, being sucked into it on the other end as well. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. But I and it's like on a grander scheme, just thinking about the study and what it indicates, like that there is a decline um, in young adult sexual activity and why that's happening like what does that mean is really interesting because there are there could be pros that are considered for this like you know less unplanned pregnancy mm-hmm. and less stds and less potentially like emotional trauma or reoccurring reoccurring attachment issues yeah. like having having a decrease in like sexual activity from it, that like lower age like 18 to 23 that's a time where you're really still you know forming your identity and yeah personal growth right so it could be it could be like a developmental positive to be decreasing the number of 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 sexual activity like encounters you're having but in the same flip of a coin you could look at it uh as there's some cons to this too like that means that people are experiencing less intimacy with each other and less physical pleasure that would be otherwise available to them and really less like experience sexually um in relationships the like learning moments of right sharing yeah sharing pleasure with another which can be an important Mm -hmm. to like learn like it's it's another area that you can learn things in and that you can grow in um and i don't think we often talk about that as much so it's there's, a, I think, a bunch of different ways to conceptualize this decline in sexual activity. 
in in a positive light and in a in a negative light. Yeah, it is interesting. Like the I mean, those that are choosing to be celibate, I think, are choosing it for many different reasons, right? There's, you know, not putting themselves in a certain harm's way. Perhaps they've been harmed in the past. Um, Recovering from trauma, growing as a person, growing individually, focusing on their work. Like, those are all positive things. Um, But then, you know, you have the other thing of like, okay, well, like, what about sharing space with another person or other people? Like, having to practice like your give and take and like what you know this the cycle of experience in relationship is whether it be romantic sexual or both it's there's a lot of toss-ups it makes me honestly feel like they should um we should just have more money so that way we can figure out whether we are choosing to be celibate or just being celibate because we're poor yeah they should give us more money and they should set up an experiment where they just give us what we want and then measure how much sex we have and it'll probably be a lot because we'll be really happy. Yes. Sexy time. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, ultimately there could be pros and cons and we don't really understand um, the the depths of those yet. I look forward to future studies in this arena. I think it's super interesting I think talking about sex is so fascinating. As somebody that never has sex ever, I find it really interesting to um, philosophize about. I do. And I'm thinking it's like as we think about it, maybe the increase in like emotional intelligence and like talking about feelings and things like that, like that curriculum and understanding Mm. and has increased across time. So I wonder if maybe that made – casual sex decrease or instances of sexual activity decrease I don't know I'm just no that's interesting like how does emotional intimacy relate to sexual intimacy or like in in all respects I think that's so interesting right because it's gonna it's gonna vary depending on the generation you look at what level of like emotional intelligence they have and um, intimate relationship experiences they've had so ooh, send that to a researcher tell them to do it not the sex do that study or both (laughs) (laughs) all right well um i feel like i've had a great time being a teenager again with you and um i look forward to hearing of what else comes from this absolutely it's always fun reading a study about something that most of us think about several times a day. That's the yeah, that's science. For, that for we sure. Think about it a lot. So I can't deny that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny it. Oh my gosh. We didn't even talk about porn. No, I'm okay with that. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Well, I just wanted to say for everyone out there, porn. Just think about it. How is porn influencing how much sex we're having? Because that should be taken into account because I think it's important. It's important. It's important. Okay, that is the final pun. I can't, we can't get better than that. That was great. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Study Buddies. I hope you all have a banging week. Oh, yeah. Do it. But like safely. Okay. Safely, though. Wrap it before you tap it. (laughs) Okay. All right. And with that. Bye, everyone.
Bye-bye. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught In Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.